Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're rolling along in the NBA with a Thursday night little mini slate here on Thursday, as we can expect a few times this season, I'm sure. Uh, we also have another video up for you, including this one. This is our best bets. We've got play up props up as well, bringing you guys those videos each and every weekday this season. So make sure to like and subscribe and continue to follow along. Also head to thelines.com. We've got great content up on the site right now. Sports are thriving as we speak. Uh, we also have the odds finder tool on there where you can go ahead and make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of those books giving us bets this season. Not as good of a night last night. Wemby's foul trouble definitely put a little bit of a damper on any fun that we were going to have uh, with a few of the bets that I made. Overall, on the best bets, though, we did go 2-2. Two and two, uh, and, and if you did take Franz Wagner to get the points, that was one of the best we talked about. And, and that did end up covering in a little backdoor fashion for Franz. So we'll look to uh, pick things up here a bit tonight. Climb back over 500 on the season, Nate, and uh, kick things off with your first pick. Yeah, it's early. Um, going 500, we'll take it. And um, we saw, you know, early on the books kind of devaluing teams with with big hype or or teams that have had that were trending upward last season. Kings and Thunder particularly proved that they are who we thought they are uh, initially. So but we're looking at an intriguing matchup here with uh, Sixers and Bucks. Um, and I, I'm intrigued by the total. It got down to 225 and then got bet back up to 227. So. Instead, I'll just take the Bucks team total, which is holding pretty steady, 116, and good odds on the over. You know, you're going to get a bit of a mixed – you're not sure exactly what you're going to get from the Sixers team given the the distraction once again. I think you're going to get offense, though, and I think you're going to get more pace with Tyrese Maxey and DeAnthony Melton back there and not James Harden uh, in, in his game shape, so to speak, uh, running that offense. I mean, when Harden was out last year – the Sixers had a, a 98 pace versus 95 with him, which is, you know, 29th or 30th in the league. Extremely slow. Nick Nurse takes over. He did like to play at about that 98 pace when he was coaching the Raptors. His last six against Toronto were 98 pace, but they totaled still like 223, 224 last time out. Milwaukee was able to score all over those Raptors as their roster got a bit diminished. And then we have Adrian Griffin, Nick Nurse's assistant, taking over. Milwaukee um, the last five years he was with Nick Nurse so it'll be interesting to see how that familiarity plays out on both sides but I think Griffin's going to understand with this roster he's got to have pace and space with Giannis and Dame catching getting those those three-point shooters open Beasley Brooke Lopez Jay Crowder they've got guys who can snipe and defensively Griffin is is a very pressure-oriented guy which you know you'd think would lead a lot of turnovers into quick points, trying to get out and run off stops. Um, that's that's what the Bucks are going to do with Giannis, of course. It's what they have done for two seasons now. Why they're averaging one eighteen a game at home in the last two seasons, um, and 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 one twenty four in their last six against the Sixers, despite again playing at just that ninety eight pace. That's because mm. in the half court they've been able to space out the Sixers hit near over 15 threes at 41%. Dame, for his part, has also shredded the Sixers for 31 points per game. Uh, getting the line more, you know, he's getting 31 despite shooting 30% from three, which is extremely low for Dame. So I expect this this Bucks offense to start just fine with those two superstars, not needing much of an adjustment period uh, to, to get going. And 
I do think the the over can hit if Embiid and company keep pace because he is a a free throw machine typically slowing you know even if the pace isn't that fast he will get you some points he has you know that's why the last few meetings with the Bucks have been crazy high totals uh, because he does come to play so uh, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the Bucks on this side at, at home. But you're taking their their points basically, right? Over one sixteen and a half on their team total. For, yeah, for the not necessarily to cover yeah. six where it's at right now. Um, I, yeah. I would actually take the dog if anything on the spread, but I, I think Bucks will will be able to score a lot. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, I definitely you know I think the Bucks will be able to score a lot this season with Dame and, and Giannis on the floor together. Do I think it'll take some time? Maybe I I think Dame is probably back in in game shape. Uh, played a lot in March last season, and then just kind of shut it down the last few weeks of the season. So like he's probably still pretty close to or at game ready, especially compared to everybody else coming back from from an off season of doing whatever they were doing. The thing that the way that I read this game though, and and most of my bets are from this game because we should also mention that Booker is is almost definitely not playing, and uh, we know that Bradley Beal is not playing. So it's Kevin Durant and the boys uh, in this and that one tonight, which uh, I'll have one bet in there from that game. But a lot of the the work that I did was definitely on this game. It, there's still some guesswork to be done from the standpoint of what's the game theory. I understand your game theory entirely, which is pace and space, which is the Bucks style of play. And when they played in Milwaukee last season, they definitely went over this this total uh, twice in both both affairs. They, there was a, a 231 total or 221 total in there rather. So that actually didn't go over. I misread that. It was one over one under the, the crazy high total was the 130 133 matchup. So I just I just don't know. Like you're right that the 76ers play faster with Maxi, but they also score fewer points with Harden in there playing more slowly. So they're just more efficient, obviously, with one of the more efficient basketball players of the last 20 years and James Harden. So that makes sense. The way I'm reading this game, and I'll transition that into my first bet, which is Brolo, because I'm, I'm I love you know I love my Brolo, and in this one I think there's a really ripe opportunity for points. I was looking at the points and rebounds for him because he does board up a little bit more, having to stand closer to the basket on defense than he might otherwise when he's playing the best. Sorry, one of the best back down centers on offense in the league, probably second but I'm not getting into that right now, three games into the season. So more importantly, like that's why Brolo plays so many minutes. Like the 13 and a half points for him is where I'm going because he's also been scoring for a number of reasons that I'll get into. So the 13 and a half points is low. I got that at minus 105 on DraftKings. I'm also going to hit the um, over one and a half threes and they're begging me to take it. And I get that and I feel suckered into it, but I'm doing it. Um, one and a half threes for plus 155. I'm putting a half unit on it for, for Brolo because this is this is why he's in there. He's in there to defend down low, obviously, and then to pull Embiid from the basket on the other side of the floor. That's the, the type of offense they're going to play. Adrian Griffin, whomever's the coach, is going to know that you have to try to pull Embiid away from the basket on when he's on defense to make him move and, and get him tired, etc. So with that in mind, Brolo, to, to get both of the points and the threes, he's gone over this in seven of his last eight versus Philadelphia. Uh, he played 32 and a half minutes in five of those games I just mentioned, because in five of those seven games that he scored over on both these props, he was playing against Embiid. Embiid was out there. The, the two games that he did not uh, play 32 and a half minutes, 
he still got over this one time, but he didn't even play 30 minutes in those. He averaged 26 minutes per game in those other games when, when Embiid wasn't in there. So that just proves further proves the narrative that he's in there to guard Embiid. He's following his minutes and he's there to shoot because he had an average of five free uh, three pointer attempts in those games combined. So he, him going two of five or two of six seems I'm fine with, with, with those odds in this one for plus money. I, I get what they're saying. If if he only shoots five, you need him to go 40% from three in that sense. That's wildly efficient. I do think he's highly likely to take at least one more and be a, a solid 33% from three where he's better than that in, in general. He's hit the threes in, in six of the last eight, so just missed it on two of them. Um, like I said, I like the, the points, rebounds, and assists even for him. He's even got a few here and there. Uh, but it's not it's not really worth it. If he doesn't get the points, he doesn't get those either because he's not a huge rebounder. He just gets a few more because he's playing closer to the basket on D. So Brolo for the win, though, tonight. Yeah, interesting to know that they have Robin Lopez now, uh, which, you know, does take some pressure off him, Brooke, defensively, right? I think he will see maybe a little bit fewer minutes than we've seen in the last few matchups with Embiid. But I think that keeps him fresher at, at his advanced age and allows him to concentrate more on, yeah, the offense you're talking about, which is putting some pressure on Embiid on the other end, pulling him away from the basket. And, you know, I think he's also going to benefit from from Dame and running a few pick and rolls with Dame to get to get some open pick and pop opportunities. So I like taking right. the threes there. Uh, that that sounds good to me. I got another three-point prop that I'm looking at with the Bucks and hoping that that gets us to about 120 points for that team. But let's look at the other game here. As you mentioned, uh, Sun's probably going to be without Booker and Beal tonight. They're both doubtful. Uh, so I'll take the Lakers' money line and juice it with AD, 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds. Give me a little bit of a bounce back here. Not that he played that poorly in the in the first half against the Nuggets. He came out playing aggressively, scored 17 points, hit that three we needed for the props, uh, and then got shut out in the second half. It's just, it's a tough matchup for him. He's just getting, once again, worked by Jokic on the other end. Cannot deal with him. The Nuggets have more size than any team, and now he faces a team that's going to be extremely, uh, I mean, that is undersized outside of Nurkic, who got into foul trouble in his very first game. Uh, played pretty well also in the first half, but, you know, AD, has he had trouble with Nurkic? Not necessarily. 25 points per game, 11 rebounds, his last two against Portland with Nurkic active. Um, and, and now he's facing the Suns team that he's just dominated because they're usually playing a bit undersized <clears throat> or playing with DeAndre Ayton, you know, same kind of one center look. So now they got to slide Durant over to the four and he can't guard AD and be their 35 point scorer in this game. Don't think the Suns really have much chance with just KD out there. They did not look overly impressive at Golden State. I think Golden State looked kind of clunky in the opener. And yeah, there's definitely a correlation between the Lakers winning when AD gets these kind of numbers. They went 21 and 12 when he had at least 12 boards last year, 15 and 5 when he scored 30. So if you're feeling more confident, you could juice this up to like 25 and 10, 25 and 12, just play around with the same game parlay. The 20 and 10 still gets you plus 120. Uh, in terms of a money line bet, which I think is great for these Lakers. Yeah, I I don't know what to say about that that game. That, imagine if you took twenty and ten for him last game, and he had seventeen at the half and didn't hit a bucket in the second half. That'd be even more painful than the twenty four or twenty five points that people got him at in that game. But this is a little bit of a different piece. I I loved how Nurk looked honestly in that first game against the Dubs. A little bit different 
playing AD than playing a combination of like Kavan Looney and Dario Saric, obviously. So there, th- those guys, Nurk might actually be quicker than, which is not something you say often when you're talking about Nurkic versus other guys. So AD's definitely going to have that advantage on him. I think he's he's made clear, like you said, with his success in the past against Nurk, how how he can he knows how to take him. So I, I feel like that's pretty good. I'll stay in this game to finish it out here and talk about Josh Okogie. I love when other Joshes do well. Eight and a half points plus 102. I was just like, what are we? That just feels wildly disrespectful. He just had nine field goal attempts in a game where Booker was playing and shooting as much as he could, which we saw him go lights out. So the nine field goal attempts, he was seven of nine, super efficient, but that's because he's shooting close to the basket. And he did make a couple of threes, which was nice to, to help him get to the 17 points. But like, it's a similar thought process with uh, Mr. Um, Brook Lopez, where it's like he's going to be out there to guard the other team's best player. That's why he played 32 minutes. It was a follow step around the court type of situation. That's who he guarded for the majority of the game. Um, and, and most of the time, the stuff was on the floor. So was Josh Okogie. So I, I think that's going to be a similar concept here uh, against uh, uh, tonight against the Lakers, where it's like, is he guarding Austin Reeves? Is he guarding LeBron? It's going to be one of those guys. If, if he's not going to play as many minutes with the second unit, he, he's out there to start so that he is his minutes coincide with the best offensive player on the other team. And that's what he's going to be doing for the majority of this game, though it might change because technically their best offensive player now might be AD until he just goes missing for an entire half. Um, and like I said, when LeBron's out there, though, Okogie's got to be on him at that point. He, he's got to be the best matchup for him. Um, obviously, KD's not going to continue to guard LeBron in their matchups as they get older. So the the 32 minutes that he played, like, it's going to continue. He had a 14% usage rate, which, like, only one guy off the bench had a higher usage rate than him, which was Eric Gordon, which makes sense. And his props weren't even up a minute ago when, when I was looking at stuff for the show. So the the Okogie bet for nine points <laughs> continues to feel like a really good bet uh, tonight. I, I have no other reasoning other than like this is too low for someone who's going to shoot it once again at least nine times in this game and is relied upon to get offensive rebounds as well. Yeah, it's too low for a guy who's going to play 30 plus minutes who, who started last game with Booker in there and, and got plenty of run. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking in player props at just combining that with his rebounds to 12 and a half, pretty low line there per 36 last year, Okoji 14 points and nearly seven rebounds. So I, I, I think it's fine to not expect as much of an efficient scoring line. Yeah. You said seven of nine from the field. A lot of that is, you know, just doing the backdoor thing off Booker and KD. I think he'll still be getting some buckets from KD who should have quite a few assists tonight if the Suns are going to be competitive. Uh, but yeah, he, he'll be out there for his defense and and his rebounding because yeah, with 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 the Suns being so small, they need him to to step down there and mix it up. One one quick thought that I had to KD triple double is thirty three to one on DraftKings. Crazier things have happened. He's only had four triple doubles in the last like three seasons, so it's not like this happens very often. But they Maybe, tend but to happen he's the point when guard the and the shooting guard. Everybody else was out. Yeah, exactly. This looks like a similar roster of KD and the boys when from when he was on the Nets. So I would uh, I would agree with all that. But just a little sprinkle if anyone's interested. Nate, let's just run right into our first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with Malik Beasley in his new home in Milwaukee. And they have juiced his three-pointers pretty nicely. Plus 126 at FanDuel for him to hit three. Um, I think you could split your unit between that and him going nine and a half points, which is also plus money. 
uh, at most books. I mean, if he hits the three threes, you're, you're talking about one more bucket. I think he's going to play a lot. If you look at the preseason numbers, that the Bucks clearly trying to make him part of their plans. He was third in scoring, third in minutes, and third in usage rate, just right behind Damian Giannis he, as as their best, you know, three and D guy. He's a guy who who at times when he was locked in was an excellent wing defender in in Minnesota. You know, the last three years has been top six in catch and shoot threes in terms of attempts, and with Minnesota three years ago was. 41% on catch and shoot threes. Absolutely elite. Last year, 36% with the Lakers, which is still good. But, you know, there were spacing issues all over the floor with that team. I think the spacing is going to be phenomenal for these Bucks. I mean, maybe not in game one. We'll see. But, I mean, with, with Damon Giannis out there, Malik, he should be wide open. Uh, and he was getting 8.2 attempts from deep in the preseason, hitting 41.5% of those. So, I'll take the plus odds for him to hit this. Chris Middleton, um, you know, intriguing player prop at just 12 points at most spots, but that's because everything indicates he'll be on a minutes limit. He he had he had an arthroscopic knee surgery this offseason, did not ever really get right last year. They're going to play the long game with him, let him ease into the season. He only played 12 minutes in the preseason. So guys like Beasley, Connaughton, they should see a lot more run on the wing here. Uh, and, I, and I, for my money, like Beasley to be a better offensive piece uh, against the Sixers team that's that's, that's kind of slow on the wing and, and might not be able to get out on them for threes. It's interesting. Uh, ESPN.com is always so bad at starting lineups and who's actually correctly in the starting lineup on the depth chart. They have Malik Beasley listed as in the starting lineup. I, I don't think that's the I case. I, I wouldn't hate that idea because I think – Pat Connaughton is a better, he's a better defender. That's for damn sure. So that would mean that he's more useful to a, a, a backup lineup that, you know, is not quite the same defensively as the starting lineup. Obviously, I think Pat Connaughton might be more effective there, to be honest, but um, he's not, he, he's not going to start or he's not going to come off the bench. Pat Connaughton is going to start, which gives me a little bit of pause with Beasley. Like he should have this if he's in, put into a situation where he's like basically the highest used offensive player on, on the second, on the second rotation. I just don't know yet, uh, basically how he's going to be used. So that's I, I'm going to stay away from anything like that type of stuff until I know fully with some of these new guys in new places. Well, but if he's used the way that he's been used in the past, then let me let me add the Bucks were starting Wes Matthews last year, and and Malik Beasley sort of a younger version of the three and D Wes Matthews. So I I think it's not incorrect to say he might be their starter. Yeah, he might be. Um, but other other more reliable sources, I would say, have him projected as coming off the bench. Either way, he can still get minutes whenever they need offense as well. So like he'll, he's always good for that. He should be good for at least 20 to 25. So hopefully he gets like, you know, the five to, to six three-point attempts that how he's normally been used. I, I, I understand that's how he has been predominantly used in his career, except for when he got to the Lakers and like it just didn't work out there. But that's a different story. So let me get into my first pick here, talking about uh, this game as well with Dame Lillard, Malik Beasley's teammate. And I'm looking at Dame's assists, and I, I don't know necessarily how he's going to come out and score. The Chris Middleton on a minutes limit does make me think, like, it scares me to take under 26.5 points for Dame in this instance. We just, we've never seen Dame with this roster, with this type of roster even. We've, we've never seen Dame with a, a big man who has this type of versatility and capability, and we've never seen him with a, a complete team at each position, including the bench. We've just never seen it. So we're just used to him pulling early and often because he has to. And he he often does try to dime up early. Let me get to my bet. Assists. 
over seven and a half of them. I got that at plus money, plus 105 on DraftKings for half a, a unit on that. I'm going to go with a full unit, though, as I'm talking, because I, I, I was going to split them between the under on the points and the over on the assist, to be honest, because I just I don't like taking him to come out and just fire the way that he always has. Like my my thought process here, which doesn't have more merit than, say, other projections as how Dame is going to play in a situation he's never been in before. But the way that I'm projecting it is he comes out and is a little bit more humble from the standpoint of not shooting and pulling the way that he always has relishing in the fact that he doesn't have to do everything and he can still expect to win and have a positive outcome on offense when he passes the ball consistently uh, and that he's going to get it back in a good situation if he does pass it or that he, the, the play is entirely me Giannis pick and roll or me Brooke pick and roll over and over again setting him up to you know go ahead and, and get a ton of assists off of that so I'm going to take him over on the assists. I am going to do a little ladder Nate as well because the 12 plus assists for him on DraftKings was 10 to 1 so I was like, let me put a tiny bit on Dame to get 12 assists here. He's averaged, he's gotten 11 assists in both of his last outings versus Philadelphia. It's been kind of the, the game theory as well that, that adds to this is when he's played Philly, he scores less when Embiid is out there. Not rocket science, big man in front of hoop, me no go all the way to rim, me pass ball earlier than that. So like that's big reason for having 11 dimes and not getting 26 points in his last two outings against Philadelphia, which kind of also led me to go, maybe there's another opportunity here. You add the fact that he's not going to shoot as much, but I don't really want to get into having to like worry about Dame not hitting, you know, six threes. Like I don't want to deal with that stress. So I'll just go ahead and also getting to the foul line like 10 times. He's capable of all of that. He's going to have a lot of, of good one-on-one -on -one matchups. I think he's going to pass a lot off of it. Um, but like I said, I'm taking the 10 plus assists for a little bit and the 12 plus assists for a little bit as well on top of taking him to get eight tonight uh, to just do a little baby ladder with Dame in the early season. Yeah, I mean, this is the best roster he's played with in terms of getting those assists. And there's also just no, still no ball handlers to, to to really take the pressure off him, right? I mean, you say like there mm. there are a lot of weapons, but he's got to be the point guard and, and the emphasis on point, which is yeah. why I understand your logic going yeah. under with, with 26 and a half points. It'll just be interesting to see if it's if it's Giannis or him who who allows the lower usage rate, or if they just both eat against a Sixers defense uh, as as they get adjusted to playing with each other. But I, I like going with the assists here. Um, I think it's just fine, and I'm actually intrigued on the other side with DeAnthony Melton, who I did not have in here originally because his props were not up yet, but they are up now. And nine and a half points for Melton, who's probably going to be guarding Lillard and therefore playing like 30, 35 minutes. I don't care if he starts or not. Uh, I think, you know, he's going to be finishing the game with Tyrese Maxey in that backcourt with no James Harden in sight. And um, <clears throat> so I will take nine and a half points and one and a half threes, which is minus 130 for Melton. But the points are, are better juice. And you, this is a guy who's been killing it in the preseason, who has been kind of an underrated weapon since he was with Memphis two years ago never really got much run in, in Philly last year he was blocked by Harden but when Harden was out he he was eating uh and, and I think you know in this matchup against Dame if if he if Dame is the one guarding him on the other end he should do just fine he should he should get open looks with Embiid drawing all that crash down so Give me DeAnthony Melton at just 10 points um, in this matchup where, where there's a, t a pretty healthy total of 227.
Yeah, what are his threes at too? I'm I'm looking at that real quick because you're right. He was one and up a half for a threes for, but it's minus one thirty on the over there. You you could go up to three threes. I mean, he's a guy who can hit six threes in a game if he gets going. Precisément on DraftKings plus two thirty for him to hit three. Yeah, might as well if the minutes are going to be there without Harden plus the guarding the other team's best player theory that I love with just soaking up that usage. Yeah, absolutely. Minutes you, you follow the minutes. Um, and, and without their other best offensive player besides Embiid, this is going to, you know, I love when it's like the floodgates open because the star leaves and now we can all the, all the little fish behind the, the star are like, yay, we can eat. And, uh, and, and then we go ahead and gobble up what they, when they get too low of props like this one. So um, let me go ahead and roll out the, uh, the, the, the last player prop I have here. I am going to Embiid. I'm going to Embiid assist too. Maybe a little assist parlay for the boys. Maybe a little Embiid. Uh, Dame assist parlay combine those because both of them are about even money and be over four and a half assists is even money. I'm just going to put a half a unit on it because I also wanted to take some allocate some funds to the Damian Lillard assist ladder that I just told you about. So we're going to just put a half a unit on MB to go over four and a half assists. The the game script is still there for him to do it. He is more likely to get assists in my opinion when Harden's not there. Uh, Obviously Harden dominates the, the ball when he's in the game and, somewhat takes the air out of it doesn't really move or cut for him at the way that maxi does when he's going to the basket same as d'anthony melton also strong going to the basket as a, as a big guard so there's there's the roster that he'll be playing with t- tonight is going to be a much more apropos for him to get the assists as well he's gotten five plus assists in five of the last six versus milwaukee so that also just adds to the, the game theory of they double team him they double team a lot by the way like that's part of at least that was coach bud's uh, strategy on defense. I can't imagine you stray too far away from having super long rangy defenders as your identity and you move away from trapping people or at least like using that to close down the paint and force people to shoot. Who are you worried about shooting on this team? Like D'Anthony Melton, great shooter. Tyrese Maxey, great shooter. You don't really have to worry about anybody else. You can go ahead and take like George Niang was a wonderful player for them last season because of his ability to stretch and, and play in, in on that second uh, rotation. And that's not the case anymore for him now, now in Cleveland. So like I'm not worried about other guys shooting nearly as much, which is why you double Embiid, which is still going to be ripe for opportunity for him to, I understand how that's like contradictory to like, well, if they're not going to make the threes that he passes them, then they're not going to score. But there's, those guys are still cutters. The other, the other players that you're going to see for the 76ers tonight outside of PJ Tucker, who will be standing out there in the corner at times as well, which will be helpful. So like, uh, you know, either way, I think that there's still going to be a good opportunity for him to get the five assists. The reason that he's done it is because they double team. Like I said, the, the Bucks were double teaming and the uh, top 10 team in terms of the amount of times they double teamed last year. Um, they also allowed the six most assists per, per game to centers both of the last seasons. They were uh, the, the sixth worst team at limiting centers to in assists because once again, they double team. So all of this just leads me to go. I'm, I'm at even money for him to do what he's done five of the last six times he's played this team with all these same guys in the front court that he'll be facing tonight. Seems reasonable, right? Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you like D'Anthony Melton and Maxi getting going, it's, it's going to be a lot of DHOs and a lot of, a lot of uh, pick and roll with Embiid, uh, which, you know, helps him make be that secondary playmaker. It's interesting. You say, Oh, then nobody can shoot on the Sixers. And that's why I like the, the assists. Uh, but I right. mean, I, <laughs> there's another way to look at this where it's just to say like, well, all, all P.J. Tucker and Tobias Harris have been doing is standing in the corner waiting for Embiid to half, you know, draw a half right. double even with when he gets it at the nail. He he starts to go in Their Their defender crashes a little and then bang, kick it out for, for a corner three. And if you get like six attempts 
almost for each of those guys. That's all they're going to shoot almost. Uh, you know, you need two of those to go down and then you're, you're almost there with the assist. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I think a well-rounded game for Embiid is going to be necessary with Harden out. And I, I went too hard. Let's make sure we don't clip that for social, by the way, the part where I'm just talking trash on the rest of the roster for the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I did forget about Tobias. I, I, shockingly, I forgot about Tobias Harris. Like, isn't that his his MO is like, oh, I forgot Tobias Harris was playing in this game anyway while you're watching him. So not that big a deal. But you're, you, yeah, I shouldn't go that hard. And I also forgot they got Kelly Oubre. Good shooter. Like, if you're going to leave Kelly Oubre open, he's going to hit a three as well. So either way, I, I do like the assists. I think the double team is going to be there no matter what. Went too hard on the point that there's nobody else good, but you, the, the the bet stands. So that is all the time we have in play of props for you guys, though. Continue to follow along. We're back with another big slate here on Friday to end the week. Going to be a very exciting night in the NBA. So until we do talk to you next, happy betting. Let's go.